brought to you almost live from the dude in the basement studios. Why? Because that's where the good stuff is. It sips, suds, and smokes with your smoking host, the good old boys. Suds, suds, suds. It's time for more suds. It is definitely time for more suds today. Welcome to the suds episode where everything good in life is worth discussing. I am one of your hosts here at the table today. This is Monk Mike. <laughs> good old boy Mike. Joining me here at the table are good old boy Dave. Greetings, children. <laughs> children on a beer show really <laughs> gotta start them early <laughs> wow you know just right off the bat seriously i thought this was a kid's beer show barely into it do we need to start over again everybody no. want to vote <laughs> it wouldn't be any better good old gal juliana thank you for joining us monkette juliana says hey there you go how about that Monkette. uh and of course we couldn't have a show about this beer without having reverend mark here Blessings on you, my son. <laughs> Absolutely. And girls. And daughters. <laughs> and kids, yes, apparently. Of course. Thought we were getting away from the children. <laughs> it's okay when Mark says it. <laughs> <laughs> Sip, Suds, and Smokes is sponsored by Craft Beer Kings. Craft Beer Kings, the home of all of your beer and wine needs. They are also home of the mystery box. What's in it? <laughs> www.craftbeerkings.com. Our sud segments are all about beer, beer, and making fun of people from the great state of Alabama. <laughs> Dave. <laughs> Dude, I'm totally not from Alabama. I'm sorry. It was supposed to be Kentucky today. I, I should have shipped uh, that What's around. the difference? Kentucky, Alabama. I agree. Somehow yeah. we're going to get banned from either one. <laughs> and the blue people. And the blue yeah. people involved. Watch out for the blue people. Today's episode is all about discussing strange people in California and a fabulous brewery in that great state. That's a redundancy. (laughs) (laughs) Port Brewing, maker of Lost Abbey, is all about this particular brewery takeover episode. But up first, we're going to get to talk about what we're going to do. Reverend Mark is going to get the honors of going over our Suds ratings for today. Okie dokie. Suds rating number one. That sucks. Give me anything but a bud. Suds rating number two. Was that a belch? Suds rating number three. Ah, what a relief. Suds rating number four. A body should really not make that sound. And Suds rating number five. Listen to that hang time. Give me another. Cool. So, uh, listen, we're going to be talking about beers today and rating them with those Suds ratings as we go along here. So, uh, today's episode is all about a brewery takeover episode. We'll actually be talking about beer from one brewery today, and that is Port Brewing, maker of Lost Abbey, is what we're going to be talking about today. So, uh, really fabulous. We really love our brewery takeover shows, don't we? I mean, they're really a lot of fun. They are. And... uh, this one is uh, definitely no exception. So, uh, some of these are fresh uh, beers. Uh, some of these have been cellared uh, for a little bit. 
Uh, either way, I'm really anticipating some amazing beer from our discussion for today. Uh, we've had an opportunity to taste a lot of these beers uh, prior to uh, recording here this episode. So we've captured our tasting notes and uh, uh, watching uh, you know Juliana swoon <laughs> over yet another uh, you know taste of the beer as well. Oh. Let me tell you what's in our lineup. Again, all of these beers are from... Port Brewing, maker of Lost Abbey, and here are all the beers we're going to go through. There's eight of them, so hang on to your hats here. Agave Maria, Track Number Eight, Deliverance, Lost and Found, Witch's Wit, Angel Share, Judgment Day, and Ten Commandments are all of the beers that we're going to go over again from Port Brewing, Lost Abbey. So uh, we got a lot of things uh, lined up for this episode today and uh, a lot of great stuff to talk about. We're going to spend a minute and cover some background material on Last Abbey itself. And Miss Juliana is going to go over part of this and Dave is going to finish up with the background here on Last Abbey. Juliana, take it away. Okay, first, a moment to gather all of our thoughts because this has been an amazing... I'm thinking raisins. Raisins, raisins. This has just been amazing. Okay. All right. I'm done. Um, So, a few years and many beers ago, Vince Marsaglia, oh, the heavens open up, was inspired by the numerous Abbey-style beers that he had tasted and dreamed up a brewery project that produced a range of beers produced with a nod to the monastic brewing traditions of Belgium. Can't blame him there. As Vince imagined it, this brewery had no actual Abbey property involved, making it lost, if you will, from the very beginning. So, for years, the idea of this mysterious lost Abbey-style brewery remained a concept only because, as intriguing as it was, the vision lacked one thing that could make it real, someone who could make this style of beer. Ta-da! So then, that all changed in 1997 when Tom Arthur was hired to brew at Pizza Port, which Vince owns, in Solana Beach, California. In November of that year, he released Dubelle Overhead Abbey Ale, the first Belgian-style beer ever brewed. Things really changed in 2006 as Port Brewing moved into their former brewery used by Stone Brewing in San Marcos. Exactly. Today, Port Brewing continues as the vanguard of craft brewing, ranked as one of the top 10 new breweries in the nation, both by industry experts and and enthusiastics alike, driven in large part by its extraordinary Lost Abbey beers and a library of 1,000 plus oak bourbon, brandy, sherry, and wine barrels that comprise one of the most remarkable barrel aging programs for a craft brewery of any size. Distribution has also expanded to major cities and metropolitan areas throughout the country, allowing beer lovers to now enjoy fresh brewed port products from coast to coast. So, uh, Dave, I should uh, share a little bit about uh, their distribution uh, for uh, Lost Abbey here. Yeah, so their uh, distribution is really pretty broad. Now, out west, it's mostly contained to California, Arizona, and uh, Colorado, but 
in the east uh major cities like new york philly chicago and even atlanta uh you can get their beers and also over in eastern europe some but uh we've also seen hot spots in places like north carolina georgia and florida where you can also find limited selections as well uh, most of the beers come in uh, are corked with cages and they come in either 750s or uh, three, 350s. Cool. So, uh, you know, it's really great, you know, this story, you know, behind Lost Abbey itself. And, you know, I think one of the questions that, you know, I'd really love to ask Vince, you know, at some point in time is did you just create the beer because you didn't like what you were serving in the pizza joint? And I really wonder if that was an impetus for, uh, you know, out of necessity, because I'm just kind of looking at the time frame when a lot of this went down, that there just wasn't a lot of great choices for the average small business, you know, pizza joint to really have, you know, a lot of great beer around. And I'm sure that, you know, either being exposed to uh, home brewers that were in the community or, you know, just the looking at the economics, you know, of what he was facing um, itself might have driven some, uh, we'll call it an entrepreneurial moment out of necessity um, is maybe how this came down. Well, I'm just wondering, like, what type of pizzas, you know, they thought really paired well with (laughs) With Abbey-style ales, like a a mussels and poutine or... (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) They get a lot of cheese? I don't know. Is it a deep dish? <laughs> Dave has way too much time on his hands. <laughs> so, well, you know, uh, we had a really great conversation, you know, before we uh, hop, hopped on the mics here. And uh, we're kind of talking about just the uh, extensive nature of everything that we got to taste. And um, it was just a lot of, you know, really interesting comments. So, um it wasn't so much of what this beer was as what it was not. I thought was you know a, a lot of the nature of the conversation we had because we all found it really difficult to pick three that yes. we yeah. liked. Yeah, yeah, that um, we liked the most. That we liked the most. Yep. Yeah, but there was a little bit of some uh, common theme. I love so, Juliana. Start with you. I love the one comment you said. These are all really great base beers. They really are. I mean, and there's. It's just a subtle nuance in each of these that makes them very unique. However, that little subtle nuance really changes the landscape of every beer. And then you're trying to figure out, okay, so which one do I really like better? Because they're all really good in their own way. But it's just this little subtle taste profile, which just completely blows everyone out of the water in their own way. So this was very tough but viewers we just forage through it (laughs) to get our top three because we love you we (laughs) we care that much about the audience (laughs) well so one of the stars of uh uh, tasting profiles that i think um i know i'm going to struggle with is saying the word dark fruit oh my god if there is one common taste profile across nearly every one of these beers it's some essence of a dark fruit that is laden in all of these and i think that was what i th- thought was very different is that the base beers are very broad i mean there are old ales here there's uh there's doubles there's quads um i mean there's a really broad range yeah. you know of beers here so uh is is that uh do you think that 
that is a result of something that they're doing directly, you know, in a common brewing technique or maybe a byproduct of a common yeast that they're using? Reverend Mark, what do you think? Because you're the boss here. Well, I've noticed that the yeah, well, I don't know about the law. It's a holy but, moment. Uh, exactly. Yeah. It is the holy <laughs> moment. I, I do see that there there are some some blended uh, mm-hmm. ales that we've tried here that uh, start out with a certain base, one of which is my favorite, which we'll get to in just a minute. So I, I really do think that there, you know, is a is a really profound artistry going on with how uh, they have arrived at a certain kind of palette of beers that are working really really well, and barrel aging them, and then adding other uh, you know kinds of uh, adjuncts. Uh, in the process uh, to uh, boost, you know, maybe a little bit more pepper or spice. So, you know, for me at least, I think that they've they've started out with with just some some really good base beers that they're now, uh, you know, trying to improve upon the best they can. But I don't think you can improve on perfection all that much. Hmm. Well, uh, so any other uh, comments you had about the you know flight in general? overwhelming dark fruit <laughs> I, mean, I mean you know and what you said is true like how can you how much more can you describe a dark fruit but mm-hmm. but each one is like kind of i'm gonna say the word plum about 500 times i know in the next 45 i mean minutes. it's plummy it's figgy it's raisiny mm-hmm. it's but but it's those like some are more concentrated in one way than another and that is some pretty amazing artistry to be able to pull out one of those dark fruits and make it so pronounced. Because as brewers, we all know what grains make things dark fruity. Yeah. But it's a whole different animal to just bring out one of those dark fruits and make it shine like they have. And so, wow. Cool. Well, uh, any other quick comments on uh, just the flight in general? We'll take a quick break, if not. All right, cool. (laughs) We'll take a uh, quick segment break. We're going to come right back with Juliana's top three picks. Can she pick three? We'll find out. (laughs) We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to Sips, Suds, and Smokes. I am good old boy Mike, one of your hosts here at the table. Today's episode is a brewery tickover edition talking about Lost Abbey. And we have eight beers that we're going to be going through today. Each of the hosts is going to go through their top three. As we go around, we're going to try to read the description of this in a timely manner. So I've got a pretty big stack of eight beers to go through, so if we don't get around to the... Uh, description of the beer right away. Just hang tough with us. We're looking for it while we do this. So up first is good old gal Juliana. Are you going to go three to one or one to three? Or one to eight? (laughs) 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 We we always love to harass you. You need a little more cowbell? Thank you. Yes. (laughs) Okay. Here you go. Okay. Dear listeners, this was very tough. And when I say this was very tough, I really mean this was very tough. So was it tough? it It was tough. Um, all eight of our selections today were really wonderful. So the three that I'm going to list are all my top number ones because I cannot, I, I had such a hard time. 
and I am all giving them the same rating. Wow! For all three of these okay. puppies, that'll be a first. Mm. I know. Mm. I, just because I enjoyed them all, and I'll explain why. Okay, so number one in my list of three is the Agave Maria. Huh. Hmm. Interesting. Yes, it is an agave based strong ale now what's interesting about this one for many reasons is first of all this is an american agave strong ale so they added agave in with their strong ale base because they wanted to do something different to enhance the tequila barrel and also this is a using a tequila barrel and this is the first time they've ever done that so uh here's some of the rest of the description so this is a uh, a strong ale uh that has been again aged in uh, oak uh, tequila barrels um the abv on this is 13.5 percent here's a quick description from lost abby using a blend of anijo and raspado barrels um age for a minimum of 10 months agave maria has hints of black pepper sweet sugar oatmeal oak with earthy bitter smoked chocolate on the finish the base beer a new agave strong ale was created specifically to pair with the spiciness of the tequila uh, adding a sweet honey like quality to this beer that's really interesting i don't think that i have ever heard anybody using um, the agave fruit, you know, as a grain products, um, you know, while they're actually uh, creating beer. I don't think I've ever heard of that. I mean, they use that when they do tequila. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, that's the first time I've, I've heard it b- being used um, in a beer here. So tell us no. your tasting notes no. on this. Was this one or three? Was this one of three. One of three. <laughs> it's a three-way tie. If you right. want number is. three beer, it's you got to get to Everybody's at the yeah. top. They're all special children. And I, <laughs> and I love this because it was spicy. I got that pepperiness. But then I also got, and I did really taste this smoked chocolatiness too, which I was like, wow, this is really cool. And then there was that agave slash honey sweetness involved it was such a complex beer but it was so beautiful now granted for those of you that do not like tequila you're probably not going to like this beer because it is very tequila friendly but i mean it makes me kind of rethink this whole tequila barrel agingness and how well it can go with um you know a good strong ale and I loved it. I just absolutely loved it. And of course, I gave it a five. How about that? Listen to Hang Time. Give me another. And again, you're going to hear that two more times because all of these have a common rating. What's your What's your next pick? Okay. See, I, see how I bob and weave around that, everybody. I know. Mm. You're You're very good. You're subtle. <laughs> Politically correct. Yes, you are. Okay. So the don't next. Pick, don't Don't pick your next special person. Just pick somebody. I'm going to pick my next special person. All right. So. Um, fans who have had to deal with me for a while know that I happen to have a love for things that are bourbony and whiskey-ish. So, of course, the next one I'm going to discuss is the Angel Share, which is a barrel-aged English-style barley wine. Mm. This thing is absolutely beautiful. And let me tell you the Angel Share story for those of you that do not know anything about bourbon and you better get on this. Okay, so 
It's warehouse number five, built in 1886, that gets the most attention. The other four weren't built so well and succumbed over the years. On the outside, to most, number five is rather unremarkable. Whitewashed building, pretty plain. That is, until they pass through the weathered doors and then are easily consumed. Here, in the hallowed halls, just oozes history. Inside this three-story building, they find row after row after row of whiskey slumbering away until the distiller calls their name and they are called into action. It's a weathered building with a timeline of over 120 years or so of continuous service. Looking around, there is a warm orange glow from all the wood inside. On both sides of the room, for as far as your eyes can see, there are wood racks with carvings, nicks, and dings. It smells really sweet in here. And that would be very typical of nearly every whiskey warehouse I've walked in. Yes. It is. It, that sweet smell is mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. really all over you. It's yeah. almost like something you have to scrape off, you know, when you walk through a, you know, a whiskey warehouse. Hmm. So, could that be the whiskey breathing? Or perhaps it's the angels doing their work? Or is there just something sweet about 200-year-old wood that intoxicates your sense of smell? Could be Harold that fell asleep after the third shift last Tuesday in there. He's a little ripe. (laughs) Could be. But he's very sweet. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm sure his glucose is high, too. Okay. So imagine the history that begins, that belongs to the wood in this shed, let's say. It comes from seeds that were planted when the idea for the Revolutionary War was just fermenting. And it's still here, every single day, telling the story of this distillery. This warehouse has seen it all. It has survived the harsh winter of 1913. There was that tornado in 1956, and who can forget that flood of 1973? But it's still here. It's still working, living, and breathing whiskey as great-grandpa designed it to do. Sure, there are more cobwebs and spiders than there used to be. I mean, it's an old building, after all. One of the family members proclaimed it to be a grand old warehouse of monumental importance, so now it's on the National Registry of Historic Buildings. Yet, the premise has always been the same. We need a place to age those spirits. And number five has always been there. Ask the family members to describe number five, and they all will tell you the same thing. The angels get more than their fair share from number five, but we don't care. To us, there is nothing finer than the whiskey that comes from old number five. We wish they drank less, but then again, we really don't need an excuse to drink more, do we? (laughs) Or do we? So, a great story, you know, behind uh, Angel Share here, and and a fairly typical story of of a a really great, you know, historic, you know, where whiskey warehouse, you know, itself. Um, so, the information about Angel Share, the beer, is uh, again, this is a uh, barrel aged English English style barley wine uh, that has been dropped in a bourbon barrel. The ABV on this is 12.5%. Here's a little bit of some of the tasting notes from Lost Abbey itself. An incredibly smooth and sweet beer with a long-lasting finish. The bourbon barrel aging of the beer results in a full-bodied and luscious texture tailored between fruits and malts. So your tasting notes on this, Julian. Hmm. 
this is that a, is that wow. a tasting note <laughs> oh. <laughs> to me this is a tasting note because if i ever wanted to know what the angel's share is out of one of my favorite bourbons or whiskeys now i know what it is this is just it is so beautiful it is so complex but yet sweet i mean i'm getting a lot of vanilla i'm getting a lot of caramel i'm it's it's just it's divine it's divine and it lingers on the tongue and it's it's really a divine experience and i'm so happy to be able to have this in front of me and sip it and of course this girl is giving it a five body should really not make that sound so uh one of the interesting lead-in stories you know that uh, i had in about this beer is that this is one of those beers that's in very short supply and it's a little difficult to get a hold of and that tends to also drive up the price you know around uh you know this as well especially in a in a retail bar setting or sometimes even in a, a liquor store um i mean that 350 bottle can get you know pretty expensive uh, mm-hmm. for some people um but i still think that when a lot of people think about how they identify with lost abbey this is one of those beers that i think that um keeps them in that conversation about really great one-off beers but the thing that's very interesting i think about um about this particular beer about angel share is that the consistency that they have of being able to produce this um year after year and again their ability of balancing um the bourbon uh element to this um i'm not going to talk about my tasting notes but um the one thing that uh I think it's rather interesting about this particular beer is um, this is one of the few uh, bourbon barrel aged beers that it's really about the beer and uh, the the bourbon is just not overwhelming and it isn't Mm. so no yeah so uh, which which is the last in your top three See, I'm still getting good about dancing around the that. Triumvirate. <laughs> Love. Be the success. And my third wonderful child that I'm letting shine today. Um, again, I love making stouts. They're my favorite thing in the world to brew. And so, of course, I'm going to talk about deliverance. Ooh, deliverance. Well, see, these guys immediately go to the movie, right? I know. Yeah. I know. And I'm the reason, one of the reasons that really intrigued me about this beer is that it is not only a bourbon barrel aged blend, but it is also a brandy barrel aged blend. What? Yeah, so uh, a little bit about uh, Deliverance here. It indeed is a blend of bourbon barrel-aged uh, Serpent Stout and brandy-aged uh, Angel Share. So uh, Reverend Mark talked a little bit about there's a couple of beers here that's our blends, and this is one of them uh, that we're having here. Deliverance is an epic battle being waged between heaven and hell for the souls of mortal men and your enjoyment in a glass. I don't know if I got that far, but anyway, the ABV on this is 12, 12.5%. <laughs> Here's a little bit of the tasting notes from Lost Abbey uh, directly. A lively beer with on the palate, wrestling in a tug-of-war of sorts with your affection. A first there is booze, and then there are piggy notes. Piggy notes. 
I have to hop into the figgy notes. A bit of figgy pudding with figgy notes. <laughs> uh, with the, I know. Uh, I don't know. When I just say figgy, it's just, you know, there's some British accent that jumps out at me. Anyway, with a semi-sweet edge that almost develops when we're not... Uh, uh, we're not for the baker's chocolate and bitterness that balances out in the finish. Clearly, this is not beer for the faint of heart or weakened souls. This is a fortuitous beer to accompany you on a journey to heaven or hell should you be delivered. So, uh, you're taking notes around deliverance, Juliana. Okay, if ever there was a beer that said figgy and was figgy, this is figgy. I mean, seriously, I feel like I'm having a chocolate-covered fig. Um, which is something like when I hear dog fruits, I often don't get figginess. I always get raisins, and you know, and occasionally I'll get plums, but that this is the figgiest of the fig. Um, but there's also this this carameliness and uh, this smoothness. It's just, I mean, yes, it is high ABV, and yes, you are getting a bit of the alcohol on the front end, but just a wonderful, smooth finish. And again, another beautiful beer from the Lost Abbey Gods. And of course, a five. Five as well. Listen to that hang time. Give me another. So uh, thanks, Juliana. I really appreciate you going through. Your top picks. Next up is going to be good old boy Dave going through his top three picks. Wait, what? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's your time, he got, dear. He got uh, completely sidetracked with uh, the word figgy. So, uh, I have, uh, <clears throat> uh, yeah, okay. So, <laughs> my, uh, my three, and I will start at uh, number three was uh judgment day cool how about that judgment day uh great beer um oh, hang on just a second let me look at uh what you got here in your setup all right well, there's so a, there's a reason i gotta list it that yeah, i know i'm just looking it over all right so uh judgment day um this uh this is a massive beer uh completely this is a Belgian quad, mm-hmm. uh, ABV of 10.5%. Yeah. Here's a bit of the tasting notes from Lost Abbey. Abbey-style beers are often emphasized layers of malt surrounded by yeast-driven complexities. That's a pretty don, pretty right-on uh, mm-hmm. description going on. Our Judgment Day Ale is the result of lots of fermentables from malts, raisins, and dextrose. There is a very large warming effect from the elevated alcohol levels, which ensure your soul will be saved come Judgment Day. Your tasting notes here on Judgment Day, good old boy Dave. Sure. Um, Well, I wrote down a few short words because you know that's the kind I like best. Um, Malt, uh, cola, and alcohol. So, uh, I do get, I mean, you know, I hate going into trends and, and going along with what you guys do, but yeah, there's dark fruits in there and there's like raisins, but I'm not going to talk about that. All right. So this is a big old sweet beer that, uh, burns your throat just a little bit at the very end. A lot of malt, a lot of, uh, complex caramel flavors going on with it. And, um, it is definitely a ten and a half percent beer. Yep, I would give it a four. A four? How about that? 
Was that your number three pick or your number one? That was number three. That was number three. Yeah. Listen, uh, I, we need to catch just a little bit of extra time here, so I'm gonna I'm gonna jump on uh, a little bit of this. So this is my number one pick is Judgment Day. Um, and uh, I thought I'd read through a little bit of my own tasting notes uh, real quick, as well as my own Suds rating. I'll recap this when I get around to me. But so the thing I wrote down is uh, it's a thousand dead raisins that are in, invading <laughs> your, uh, wow. your uh, yeah, it literally is. Um, it's uh, really heading towards almost um, down the land of Ruby Port. Um, when I think about you know kind of where Ruby Ports kind of moved down that path. Um, Maybe uh, Amarone um, is uh, another tasting profile where you have just a tons of sun-dried, you know, raisins um, that are actually crushed. Um, that's another. I would say uh, thinking about it in more about and probably a bit closer towards Amarone. There's a lot more raisin, you know, in Amarone wine. So it's a wine, not a beer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just a. Uh, really just great balance um, very uh, I think it's just very a very big beer you yeah. know yes. um, as well yes. uh, my sets rating for this was actually a 5 so this ain't time give me another so uh, Dave uh, why don't you keep on with your number sure. 2 pick there so Judgment Day leads us into my second beer which is a bourbon barrel aged version of Judgment Day known as Track 8 Number wow. of the Beast. How about that? So, uh, Trek 8 is a... Um, uh, let's see. This beer is, again, a quad. And so, this is a, a barrel-aged version of what we just talked about with yeah. Judgment Day. Basically, they take that and they drop it into a bourbon barrel. The ABV on this is 13.7%. <laughs> um, and it was first released in 2012. So, they've been making this for a little while. Um, I don't know how old the version is that we have here today, but, uh, um, you know, interesting uh, tasting notes that the uh, brewery offers up. Um, It says here, upon sampling the base beer, they came apparent that the raisins used to brew the base beer were going to drive the flavor bust for this beer. That's an understatement. The conversations turned to oatmeal raisin cookies and the essence of the freshly baked treat. So uh, we added some cinnamon sticks to the barrels and threw in the essence of a freshly baked treat. So we added some cinnamon sticks um, to the barrel and then threw in some dried chilies as well. Mm. And then what they do? Hit blend <laughs> on right. top of that. Puree. Yep. Pretty amazing. So um, this beer really has amazing uh, depth of flavor and uh, presents unique drinking experience for the consumers who may be seeking enlightenment of Judgment Day. So, um, Dave, uh, you're tasting notes here on track number eight. Well, you know what's funny is that, so this is a a barrel-aged version of Judgment Day, which Judgment Day, like we said, is uh, 10.5%, and they managed to get this one up to 13.7, but I get less of an alcohol flavor um out of uh track eight than i do judgment day uh i think it rounds out well in the barrel there's a lot of the vanilla the spice from the uh, cinnamon and a tiny tiny bit of heat from the chilies but but i think they they play very well um this is a great beer and nice warmth and i give it a five a five how about that listening to hang time give me another 
so uh, a very interesting move and i think the the uh one thing that this move reminds me of is wirebacher yeah and how they will take a base beer and then they'll drop it into you know um you know a bourbon or bourbon barrel or some other type of barrel aging and they'll release both and so you'll get to taste basically the base beer as well as the age product and it's really great to see you know the same thing that uh uh, lost abby is doing here as well your next pick dave so my number one beer was the only beer in this flight that you could actually see through in the glass (laughs) um it is witch's wit how about that uh a very interesting uh choice here so yeah so i know you can't see uh what's in front of us in our in our sampling cups but literally the other seven you know beers are just completely opaque i mean you cannot see through them at all uh this is very you know blonde and hazy uh the abv on this beer is 4.8 percent this is a uh, belgian wit yeah and uh so here's some of the tasting notes from lost abbey most definitely this first and foremost is a wheat beer uh, the, you can taste the wheat from the start to the finish. A faint toasted note from the addition of the flaked oats is present in the beer as well. This is a light-bodied beer that finishes with a spicy layer in the end. The overall impression should be an easy-to-drink and refreshing ale. Your tasting notes on this, Dave. So at 4.8%, this um, this qualifies as a session beer, um, but it the flavor complexity would not let you believe that <clears throat> at the at the front. Uh, lots of the, you know you get the the wheat character from it, but you also get uh, citrus in the back end. But throughout the whole thing, there's a you can smell it and you can taste it. But it's very well balanced. Is the coriander that kind of flows through the whole thing, and then at the very end, you get a little spiciness from that yeast. Um, I think this is a tremendous beer, especially to have the flavor complexity it does at such a low ABV. Um, I think it plays with its bigger brothers, uh, which are the rest of the flight, very well. And I give this one a solid five. How about that? A five. Listen to that hang time. Give me another. Well, we're halfway around with uh, our discussions here uh, for Lost Abbey. We're going to take a quick segment break here. We'll be right back. I'll cover my top three picks as well as Reverend Mark as we go on around. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to Sips, Suds, and Smokes. I'm good old boy Mike. Uh, we have a episode today, a Suds episode. We, it's a brewery takeover edition. We're talking about all beers from Lost Abbey is the uh, show that we have going on today. We're going around talking about our top three picks from this flight of eight beers. And actually, I'm up next. So, um, so my top pick was uh, Judgment Day, which I just talked a little bit about. And uh, really great. Again, a thousand raisins dancing all over your tongue. Just a really fabulous beer. I mean, I just, uh, I, I'm so glad that uh, we have a lot of this because I'll be having a big glass of this when we're done. <laughs> my my set rating for that again was a five. So uh, my number two pick is uh, actually uh, both a, uh, a 
a beer that we have not talked about yet, and that is going to be Lost and Found, Ooh. is uh, my number two pick here, mm. as well as we have a bit of a story, you know, around mm. this beer as well. So, uh, this, uh, this beer is a... <laughs> a double. It's a double. That's why I like a that. Double. I remember now. I remember the whole point of why I like this. So this beer is a double. It's eight percent ABV, and here are a bit of the tasting notes around that beer as well. Uh, it's Abbey style beer, often emphasized layers of malt surrounded by yeast-driven complexities. Our lost and found Abbey Ale is the result of a judicious but not overpowering use of crystal malts with a teasing dry chocolate malt finish. This is a perception of warmth from the alcohol, which blends very nicely, keeping the malts in check. So um, there's a bit of a story kind of behind the story, uh, behind the beer, not behind, not a story behind the story. There's a bit of a story behind this beer. Reverend Mark, you have the story. Well, as we've already recounted in this episode, uh, Lost Abbey, you know, is sort of a play on words that indicate that uh, an Abbey Ale cannot be truly an Abbey Ale unless it is brewed by Trappist monks. And yet this particular brewery is not established by uh, a monastery. So there's this sense of being lost and yet kind of wanting to find, you know, the connection, you know, to this great brewing tradition that was started by these Belgian monks. So with the lost and found beer, there's this uh, story about uh, Brother Michael, who is at the very end of the day, as most very uh, dutiful and contemplative monks uh, are want to do, is uh, comparing manuscripts of some ancient texts. And as a scholar, he's comparing um, different kinds of uh, what, what, what would be called form and redaction criticism. That is, looking at the, f- the form of the scripture, the way in which the scripture has word, been Dave. has been has been his, historically <laughs> I edited. I stopped listening. I don't know. What he's and uh, won't bore you for too much longer, except to say that it's a it's a very arduous process through which you know monks who historically have tried to sort of rectify you know what texts are saying and to make sure that one translation is true to the next. Uh, oftentimes, you know, we'll spend months on end trying to figure out just a particular sentence and whether or not uh, it can actually be translated as they think it should. And so the story goes that this brother Michael, late one night, in in his room with a small uh, snifter of this uh, wonderful double, is uh, sitting down and he's going over once again, you know, this text. And as he is studying and comparing notes, he finally knows that he, as a translator, has the right translation. And his beer tastes exquisite once this enlightenment comes to him. And so the double becomes really sort of a symbol of uh, scholarship, devotion, and a zest for life that is made perfect through enjoying simple things wow how about that a cool story hmm so uh my uh, my tasting notes here on uh, lost and found um it is uh, maybe more dry than your typical double um and i really like that yeah you know, if that was probably my only criticism of just having a double in general is that 
they're just all incredibly sweet um and they have kind of a burnt you know almost like a burnt orange or burnt sugar you know type element to them um it's very interesting i have a, a double from another brewery you know we can taste right after this that is very you know emblematic of that and you'll go yeah that's totally you know not even close to what this is and again it's that drying element that i really love about this um so it really tends to just keep the sweetness of that's natural uh double just kind of keeps it in check um it uh, has some light uh, kind of lemon lime uh, citrus hint around it which, again it's kind of very different um, than your typical double um, I just wrote down it's a very unique double in general um, my sedge rating for lost and found is a four a body should not make that sound Reverend Mark is this in your top three this is actually in my top three and I would have to say that uh, one of the reasons why I was drawn toward it in you know this this just is, is obviously very sort of kind of a serendipitous thing is that this next weekend I actually have a double on my calendar to brew in my backyard and I'm always trying to perfect this style because you know on one hand it you know there there's a lot that can be involved in terms of your malt bill but on the other hand you know it, it really if it's done properly it should be you know well fermented or attenuated and it should really have somewhat of a of a dry finish not entirely but at least that it's not overly sweet because that i think is what distinguishes a double from like a, a belgian strong uh dark and uh so for me at least i found in this particular you know version of the lost abbey their double their lost and found to be a really really good example of what a double should be uh, that is, it uh, It has caramel notes, it has chocolate notes, it's estery, that is, the yeast produces mm. certain kinds of flavors that mm -hmm. are kind of like banana and clove. Um, I just think in some ways it's a very straightforward double. It's a, it's a, uh, it's, it's, you know, it lingers with, I know we've brought up the whole thing of dark fruit way too much. But it, there is a certain kind There's of a lot of it here. That's why raisiny and honey uh, kind of notes, but they're not uh, overly lingering. They're just there, and I just think it's 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 a big beer, but not overly big. And I think also it would be a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful beer to to pair. You know, like with some sort of like a roasted uh, pork loin or, or whatever. So. Mm. To me, it was like one of my. I, I guess I would have to say it was my favorite. Uh, although it, it was hard to pick out of all these wonderful eight beers that we we sampled, so I gave it actually a five. Wow! <laughs> Listen, hang time. Give me another, and uh, you know, definitely a really great beer. My last uh, pick here is uh, actually um, one of Dave's as well. It's Deliverance, and I'm sorry I didn't chime in. Or it was yours. It was Juliana's. <laughs> She's just gesturing to herself. She can say, wait, it's do, 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 do. me. Yeah, dude. You got a pretty one of my three mouth, children. One of your three children. Squeal! Yeah. yeah, all right. So just to remind everybody, this was the one that was blended. This is bourbon uh, barrel-aged serpent stout. And brandy Age angel share is what this is. Um, you know, so uh, here's my tasting notes on this. Um, maybe it's a, a tad bit forward, um, you know, with the bourbon. 
but it's still way in check. Um, and we talked a little bit about kind of the whole balance of, you know, uh, barrel aging. Um, so here's how I described what was going on. It's like somebody took a caramel and flattened it out and then wrapped it around your tongue. <laughs> um, you know, the aroma on this was just like essence of cocoa dust. Mm-hmm. Um, like if somebody had just truly, you know, had cocoa just purely in a powder form, if you just smelled this, it would just, that's what it would smell like, would be cocoa dust. Very complex. Um, it, it just a really fabulous beer. Uh, the only thing I'm pissed about is that we don't have enough of this. So <laughs> my sed's rating for this is for deliverance is a four as well. All right, Reverend Mark, we only got about three or four more minutes. Okay. What uh, other I'll beers do we go. need to cover with you? Well, I don't have anything original, Dad, now wow, that we've been around that? the table. Cool. Um, I'm touching on two that have already been mentioned. Uh, so I'll have to say that... Um, my second one would be Angel Share. Yes. Uh, wow. I just uh, I thought it was the perfect melding of bourbon, bur- bourbon barrel richness uh, with some vanilla notes, with spice, with a kind of a uh, a really deep um, wine type uh, goodness that's blended with malt. I think also that had it not been for the barrel aging, the sweetness would have been not so rounded. And that the alcohol would not have been so muted. So I really think that the barrel aging really made the big difference in the Angel Share, which is, of course, a part of the whole story of this beer in the first place. So I would give that one a four. And then my last one, but certainly not the least, is concurring with Dave. Track number eight. Bam. Track number eight. Now, I have to tell you that so when when I read about this um, experiment, uh, it made me very, very hesitant. Uh, <laughs> uh, and yet, I have to say that the combining of the spice, namely, or mostly, I guess, the cinnamon stick with the, uh, with the dried chili made this, this high-gravity beverage something that was very savoring. Uh, that is something that was... There was just enough of that there to suggest something that was interesting going on in your mouth. And I also think that this beer has improved over the last hour as it has warmed up. I've been sipping on it, and it it has become increasingly good. So I will have to say, because of that fact alone, it has gone from a four to five to a five mm. in my in my category. I wow. just think it's amazing. About that, really uh, amazing beers all the way around, and uh, really enjoyed you know all of our discussion uh, across the entire flight. So uh, some really great uh, some beers to come back around. And if I may say something quickly. For as much as we've enjoyed these beers, you know, when they were first served semi-cold, I think that all of our top picks have really just expressed themselves even more and opened up as as time has gone by. So, you know, for, for you listeners out there, for what we're saying about the beer currently, it's even that much more as they open up and they've hit their throat about 65 degrees haven't yeah. they yeah 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 because yeah. yeah, we oh, had these yeah. cooled down um you know at uh refrigerator temperature probably around 55 and um probably when we tasted them they were just maybe about 58 
But again, you know, uh, sometimes when you have a a barrel-aged product, they just open up, you know, when they hit, you know, kind of that magical moment. Room temperature, I don't know about that. Right. But, uh, yeah, I'd say, yeah, somewhere around, you know, 63, 65, that's probably the magic number, you know, for these, so... Yeah, I'd say this this track eight as I taste it just once again. It like I'm actually picking up coconut in this, mm-hmm. and I'm picking up devil's food, and it's making me think of childhood and hostess hostess uh, um, cupcakes. The, those no those um, snowballs, you know, oh, with the with the, with yeah. the coconut. I know they're awful, but the, that, <laughs> the but but this is not awful. But it takes me back to a time when even that was delicious. Right. All right, so you know, let me recap all of the, all of the words that we've had in a beer show. Use the word snowball, rectify, and what was the other one? Uh, redacted in a, in a beer episode. Okay, I just want to point that out. So if none of you got that, sit down, have another beer. Okay, or two. This would be a good uh, good show to play Scrabble <laughs> for sure. Barrel aged beer for four hundred. All right. So uh, let's wrap up our episode for today. It was really great uh, to talk about all these beers from Lost Abbey. Um, Thanks to all of our listeners here on Sips, Suds, and Smokes. You can catch all of our episodes online on iTunes, SoundCloud, TuneIn, Stitcher, YouTube, Uncle John's Basement, and Spreaker, our native media host. Our terrestrial radio stations are questioning all the time. Um, gee, I really wonder if they're going to send us a bottle of Angel Share along with their request. Mm, probably not. But anyway, <laughs> we hope that they'll still want to pick us up. Listen, if you'd like to hear us on your favorite radio station, uh, why don't you drop them a note and copy us as well. You can send us a note anytime. Our email address is info at sipsudsandsmokes.com. Dave is uh, really questioning, gee, I just wonder where I can get a case of Judgment Day sent to me, right? You can send that to leave the cork in at Sip Suds and Smokes. <laughs> our daily tasting notes flow out on Twitter every single day. Our handle on Twitter is at Sip Suds Smoke. Our Facebook page is always buzzing with lots of news. Sip Suds and Smokes is sponsored by Craft Beer Kings. Craft Beer Kings is a home for all of your beer, wine needs, as well as a lot of these last Lost Abbey beers actually came from them. So thank you. They're also home of the Mystery Box. You can reach them at www.craftbeerkings.com. Listen, do us a favor. Take the time to rate this episode if you're listening to us online. That's a great big help to us, and we get to see your feedback as well. I definitely want to thank my co-host for being here at the table today. Good old gal, Juliana. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Good old boy, Dave. Hey, if you can't make friends, make beer. See, I didn't say thanks for being here. And then you'll have friends. <laughs> yeah. If you can't make beer, drink beer. <laughs> Reverend Mark, thanks for being here. Blessing on you, my sons and daughters. <laughs> this is good boy, Mike, thanking you for joining us. And come back and join us once again. And I'll ask you to keep on sipping.
This has been a One Tan Hand production of Sip Suds and Smokes, a program devoted to the appreciation of some of the finer slices of life. From the dude in the basement studios, your host, the good old boys, will see you all next time.